Welcome to the Last of Us You and Me podcast, an HBO companion podcast to the show, The Last of Us. My name is Sancho West, and I'm a longtime fan, and I just wanted to thank you so much for the support to this podcast. So many people tweeted at me, so many comments, and we got oh so close to a thousand views. No doubt we will build on those numbers. Speaking of numbers, holy, the last of a show for HBO is a hit. About 4.7 million people watching the first week, the second biggest debut since the House of Dragons, which I know was just not that long ago, but hey. Shoutouts for a video game adaptation bringing the noise for HBO. And this show is definitely a hit. It is everywhere. I mean, it is all over my timeline. It's all over my For You page on TikTok. All my old Last of Us shorts are popping off. Well, not really popping off, but hey, people are commenting. That means the algorithm is in full force for The Last of Us. It truly feels like 2013 all over again, and I, I am just in a wash of all Last of Us. It feels good to be surrounded by the Last of Us. It feels like you've known a secret, and for so long you've been holding on to the secret, and now everybody gets experienced. Even my own dad is texting me after each episode and letting me know what he thought on the episodes, which I'll get to it. If this is your first time watching this podcast, we basically break down and do a reaction to the episode. I talk about some of the differences between the video games. We do not go into spoiler territory without a fair warning. I will let you know when we're spoiling the show that you have may or may not seen. And spoiling the video game itself, I will not talk about The Last of Us Part 2, which is uh, rumored to be the second season. I'm, I have no idea about what's it going to go down beyond that. It is you and me, and not only that, you'll give me my opinions, but I'll read your opinions as well via Twitter. So be sure to tweet at me, at Sancho West, to let me know what your thoughts are on the previous episode. And that's where we're going to begin with this episode. But hey phenomenal stuff and one thing i want to get to is a part of me yes we are saturated with a lot of last of us this is the season of pedro pascal this is the season of the last of us the quarterstep season if uh if you may um but is it is it going to be too memey i mean is the, is the i think the internet man we love to get a hold of things we love memeing things we love doing fan cams and all that kind of stuff and i'm a little bit worried that we will just overdo it with The Last of Us, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of videos made, little comparisons made, and I'm just saying, I mean, we, uh, hey, they, like they said, Denzel Washington, you could end up drinking way too much water. So we got to keep an eye on that. I don't want to definitely spoil the magic of The Last of Us just for a couple of impressions, but I digress. Let's go ahead and check out your tweets responded to me for episode one. This first one comes from my good friend Swearing. He says, opening sequence has made me emotional three times in my life. I don't know why it always gets me when I don't have a kid myself, but it always gets me. There's just something the game and the show have done so expertly. I can't like find the words to explain it. But Jenna, his wife, and I were watching another show, The Rig, this week where multiple times the writers or directors or whatever tried to make you feel exactly how the opening sequence of the last of us makes you feel but they failed every time just wasn't attached or immersed but last of us nails it so one thing about this tweet that i want to point out is the immersion and this when it comes to this episode is i feel that this is where the biggest hurdle for the last of us show will be yes in episode one they capture the cutscenes very well here in episode two i feel like the challenge that i'm talking about that the rest of the show will have to face is 
having that immersion during the gameplay sequences where the player usually controls Joel. And that is where episode two, I feel like didn't really clear that hurdle as much as episode one. Ben's writes, stunning. The show adaptation only differs slightly from the game and in the ways it does it actually adds more and deepens my connection to the characters. I'm not holding a controller this time and yet I'm totally immersed. So another thing about we all enjoyed the immersion in episode two. And one thing that I do like about this episode two, Infected, is that it sets the stakes very well in some kind of reality based. The opening scene did that very well. The stakes are always being like raised just a little bit more. Uh, you know, you have this issue and it gets a little bit hotter. So there's a lot of things I don't want to get into when it comes to spoilers, but episode two definitely set the stakes a little bit higher. It's kind of like hitting uh, the, the kind of hitting the nail on the hammer over and over again. I know they're trying to drive this point home that this infection, the cordyceps infection is very serious and that there's no cure. Next tweet here has come from Rise underscore Cooper. I played the game probably nearly a dozen times now. They added just the right amount of extra content, which always keeps me in tune with the story from the game. I can't recall a time where the opening sequence hasn't made me tear up, and the first episode did the same. As we discussed in the previous podcast episode, it was very important that they nailed that Sarah scene, and I feel like they do. I feel like everything else is kind of secondary. Every time it comes across what I like to call the video game track, where it's like, hey, this is from the video game, exactly shot for shot. I don't feel as emotionally invested as I did that Sarah scene. Speaking of stakes, there's a lot of stakes involved in getting that one right. This one comes from Chewbacca. I loved it. Don't you think we'll see the introduction of the spores next episode or sometime soon? Question mark. The way it shows another way of infection spread rather than just a bite from infected. Oh boy, oh boy. Did they show how you can get affected in this game? Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, if you didn't hear any kind of interviews with Craig Mazin, if you're completely in the dark, they did discuss a different way of infection. They got rid of the spores, which is very evident in the game where the characters who were uh, not immune, like not Ellie, basically anyone not Ellie, had to wear a mask. And you talked to a lot of interviews, Greg Mazin was talking about that. They wanted to explore different ways of infections of more of a tentral type thing, more of a grab. And boy, oh boy, did we get that in this episode. I feel that is the only big re part of this entire episode. And it went a little bit too much. This last week comes from my good friend named Steve. Uh, say lore. He says, I loved it. I love the very beginning that totally sets up that this isn't a zombie infection. Well done storytelling that totally works for television. The performances were fantastic. And even knowing what happens, they changed just enough to make it worthwhile for longtime fans. So that is your reactions to episode one. And I really agree with most of the reactions that I read from that were added at me at Sancho West. Uh, as you can see, episode one really started off very well. As you can see, the success, not only the numbers wise from viewing, but the also success of the internet culture literally grasping onto what is The Last of Us and a lot of new fans embracing what Last of Us can be, especially with Joel and Ellie. So let's go ahead and talk about the review, a over like arcing review for episode two, non-spoilers, of course. This was directed by Neil Druckmann, which is the kind of the creator, the, the almighty when it comes to The Last of Us, Neil Druckmann taking the helm and taking a crack at television. And for those you don't know, he is 
is the director of many, many, many Naughty Dog projects. He is the man when it comes to that studio. The one thing I would say about Neil's directing is you could tell that is almost it's designed by a video game director. If that makes any sense, there's a lot of long shots, not a lot of movement when it comes to that. If you look at the Last of Us from the PlayStation 3 2013 movement when it comes to character blocking, it's very stilted. Neil here kind of goes for a lot more of a, letting the actors do a lot of the heavy lifting, letting them breathe just a little bit. And I think it really does work. It feels like as an audience member, we're being designed and led through this journey. One of the most interesting things that I saw in an interview with Neil Druckmann has he talked about the differences between video games and actually directing a scene. He said, when you direct a video game, you could kind of like mix, you could fix it. You could kind of do a lot of things. You could mask a lot of things. You could go over with animators to kind of work things out. But when it comes to acting in real life, you got to get everything right. And that's the magic when it comes to like, all the people on set work together to make magic right then and there to capture lightning in the bottle. I'm kind of summarizing his words, but that's basically the difference. And I would say he did a great job of capturing and kind of starting this new relationship with our new Joel and Ellie. And I like the beginning kind of relationships that we're seeing, the small building blocks. My favorite thing about this entire episode, of course, was uh, Anna Trove, the actress who played Tess. We've got a lot more of Anna, uh, Tess, and Ellie working together. You've seen that relationship grow. I think the trio itself is very fun and engaging. In fact, this is where if you are watching from the episode too, we'll get into spoilers so I get more into that. I enjoyed that part of the episode a lot. And one of the things that I will constantly kind of point out, it shows you that the writing, the actual meat and potatoes of The Last of a story can carry any medium in a television setting, video game setting, probably a podcast, or probably a audio on book. This thing could roll anything out there because it's just that strong. And the banter between the characters is really, really good. Uh, one thing I really did enjoy as I've talked about the trios is Tess and Ellie's relationship is really cool. You kind of feel like a motherly presence from Tess, which I, I like a lot. And Ellie, again, a standout performance here. I feel that Pedro Pascal's Joel is kind of locked into the slumber, which is kind of fitting to where the character is. But I really enjoy Ellie's playfulness here, and it's displayed so well because that's what made her so special in the video games. It's when you're kind of trying to find, meander away around, looking for loot, or you're trying to find the next puzzle, trying to find the next place. It's Ellie that keeps that game alive, and it keeps it so fun and vibrant. And it's captured really well in this HBO episode. She is annoying and very lovable and the one thing that i like about it the most is that it kind of reminds me of a lot of the last of us part two in the flashback in the museum and things of that sort i would have to say overall not as good as episode one i think my biggest hang up in episode two is the most challenging thing as i mentioned the big opening of the podcast is what happens to when the the controller is not in our hands? What happens when we're no longer immersed and we're no longer feeling this sense of dread of trying to scavenge and not having all the greatest weapons? I mean, one of the things that the internet pointed out was that Pedro Pascal actually has an AR for crying out loud. When we went into that museum clicker section, when it comes into that episode, we didn't have that kind of firepower. We literally was scrapping our way. Back in my day, we literally were scrapping in that game gameplay segment and yet Pedro Pascal's Joel here has an AR and he was able to handle all the clickers effectively so uh, debatable how effectively he was able to handle that 
But that, that's the only thing I feel that what's gonna it's gonna challenge this entire thing. And I think that anything else that's not in the game itself is going to be a breath of fresh air. A lot of the tweets say that that is their favorite part. In the episode one, we saw a lot of Joel, uh, daughter Sarah out there doing her thing. We saw the neighbors. We saw a little bit of the world. That is where I feel episode one is my favorite. Uh, when they went to Indonesia and they talk about ground zero, like that right there, I feel like, ooh, this is what I'm enjoying the most when it comes down to The Last of Us, the interactions between the characters, the dialogue. It is the action sequences that are not based on cutscenes is where I go, hmm, that's going to be interesting to see how they handle the rest of the way. But overall, a very solid episode considering where it ends. I feel like it's, uh, I have to applaud the way they cut up this video game. And I feel like this episode is a great ending point. As It feels as if, and I was listening to uh, Tim Geddes from the Kind of Funny crew, who they were, they're doing their own Last of Us breakdown as well. Tim Geddes says that they, it feels like it's a natural point to put the controller down. And I felt like after the end of the scene of episode two, at the very end, you're like, yeah, this is where you put the controller down and go, whew. What I'm really enjoying about, before we get into the plot breakdown, The Last of Us and Naughty Dog is best absorbed in this weekly episodic way. You cannot play that game. I've played this game, like, I kind of bulldozed through it many hours, many times just to get through it so I could be one of the first content creators to make content for it. So, and it is a very exhausting type of medium to to digest. It's big chunks of like distress, especially The Last of Us Part Two. that when I'm so happy that I don't have to binge all this because it would be a lot to binge. So I'm so happy that it is at HBO in this episodic type way so you and I could have these discussions. All right, we're about to get into the spoiler territory when it comes down to the plot breakdown. Again, this is going to try not to spoil the video game out in the future. This is going to be definitely a spoilers for the episode itself. So the Indonesia scene, as I mentioned out before, is really, really good. And we're talking about the first instances of Patient Zero and how it was able to spread. And this is where I like about the foundation being strengthened when it comes to the last of us infection of the cordyceps i like this entire thing it's performed very well it's performed excellently and i enjoy the kind of like the raising the stakes in an organic way no pun intended in the organic way but i like the raising of the stakes and i like it when the actress was like there's no cure there's no vaccine just bomb the place that's the only thing i recommend i want to go home and spend time with my family like that whole scene of them at the morgue and then the you see the first things of the cordyceps and legit dude legit that is what it looks like when the ants are infected by this cordyceps virus like i said this thing is real and it has not made the jump to humans and it's so fascinating to me how everybody is like freaking not really freaking out but they're like semi-stressed about how real this infection is that the last of us is and i'm like man i've been living this life from 2013 okay but I really enjoyed this opening stakes, and this is what I'm talking about, the kind of extra that is going to kind of elevate this entire last of a show more than the game because you cannot have that kind of stuff in a video game. And this is where we get a first taste of Neil's directing style. Is lets the, and Like I said, he lets the actors do the heavy lifting. There's not a lot of cuts. He kept a camera on the doctor there and on the scientist there, and it was really, really good. So that's what I enjoyed it the most. And I may say, the set design in this entire show is top notch. I mean, for real, are you serious? It literally feels like it's been pulled directly from the game. It's so recognizable, every tableau, Everything that I see, I'm like, dude, I know that place. I know how to get around as much as possible. Because in all the props, 
I don't know. Uh, I tweeted this out that I really do feel that this show must have some people working from Naughty Dog on it, like in some way, because the CGI is incredible. And you could see that I think they said that this is one of the most expensive shows that HBO has ever had, even more so than Game of Thrones. And this entire episode of Infected, you get to see exactly Boston being run down. Such a great way. And it looks so organic. It doesn't feel like it's on a set. It doesn't feel like uh, in the volume. For those who don't know, it's where they remake new movies where it is a kind of a big LED type screen. Very, very AK. I don't know the specifics of it, but you could tell when they're starting to use this technology that, oh, it's kind of filmed in a weird way. Like, remember that scene in Batman, Robert Pattinson's Batman, where he's standing there with Catwoman? And they have that long set, and it looks like Gotham. They're overlooking Gotham. And you, there's not a lot of movement because this is a flat plane. That is the volume. But as you can see here, it, it, there's very it's very organic, like the blocking. They're running. They're walking away to the camera. They're walking out in the distance. They're on different kind of overpasses. So it kind of feels very organic. So I really, again, like this trio scene they have here. It's a really short scene. How it opens up with Ellie literally after that whole ground zero thing. It flashes back to where we are, Ellie sleeping, and both Tess and Joel are very, very scared because they don't believe her, right? They think that she's going to turn. They literally have the AR pointed at her, and they're just waiting for her. And she's like, Ellie's like, I'm not turning. And uh, what I liked about this, because this scene in the video game was literally right after they killed the guard. So right after they killed the guard, Tess and Ellie have this scene. It's a very short scene, and you get this little short dialogue. But this really builds the tension, not only between Ellie and and Joel and Tess, but between Joel and Tess, and you really get to see where Joel stands in all this, where Joel is not a believer. Joel is jaded, dude. Joel has no hope in his life. He is a total pessimistic. He is a grumper grumperson when it comes to this entire thing. And it's so cool to see Tess be more than just a, a you know a bravado kind of gun toting woman and she's just going in. She this this woman knows more than Joel. She is has you know not only leads with her heart but she is could handle herself and she is one of the most interesting characters and so like i mentioned we're in spoilers it is so bummer to see her killed off so early and it was interesting my dad tweeted or tweeted he texted me and he said well did you see the show i said yes and i said what'd you think he said they killed her too soon which is quite interesting because this is only a second episode and by the game you're kind of like well, i don't know three hours in maybe maybe that you feel like you've kind of grown attached to her. So it's so interesting to see that someone who doesn't play the game, who watches a lot of movies and TV and television, my dad felt that they killed her off too soon. One of my favorite things, kind of like an Easter egg moment for the people that play the video game a lot, was addressing Ellie not swimming. Um, I love that part. It's something that has always been a plague when it comes down to this entire Last of Us genre is Ellie not swimming. It's always been a joke amongst the gamers ourselves. And it is kind of used in the video game as a plot for you to do puzzle working where Ellie can't, there's like a submerged area, like in the season, in the scene, and Ellie has to get somewhere. So it's very fun to see that. Oh, uh, I enjoyed this hotel scene a lot as they're exploring into it and it's all flooded in because it reminds me of the small banter that you experience while you're looting, where you're kind of stagnant, you're chilling. And that is where The Last of Us kind of makes you want to explore because you want to find that juiciness, that golden nugget of dialogue between the characters and they picked one out where Ellie pretends where she's checking into the hotel and that is what I like about it the most because that is right there that's the Ellie that we enjoy it is she is this not only a beacon of hope when it comes to this possibility of a cure and things of that sort of vaccine 
She is literally the light in the dim world when it comes to everything about this game. Literally, there's bad guys everywhere. There's monsters that want to kill you, but hey, you're having a chuckle with Ellie. So I enjoyed this entire thing, but this is where it gets into where it starts hitting like, okay, we're, if it's a roller coaster, like we're getting into the gameplay track. We talked about the video game track, the gameplay track of looting and running around. You get some great moments between Joel and Ellie and you're kind of seeing, you know, Joel kind of open up a little bit like the Shrek onion that he is a little bit to Ellie as she's working him and things of that sort. You see, again, the dynamic between Tess and Joel, which I really like. And then we get into the segment of the clickers. Now, this is the first time we're getting to meet the clickers and the clickers are iconic monsters of the Last of Us scene. They cannot see, but they can hear. And they're kind of used in a way if you haven't played the video game as a stealth way. This is like the point of the stealth and you have to walk around and usually if you get grabbed, it's over. So this is a very iconic gameplay sequence as we, this is the first time we meet the clickers. It's a scary thing and they're they're out there and things of that sort. And the only way you can break their grasp is if you have a shiv or I think a bottle for whatever, a brick or something. You have to have some kind of melee option to break their hold. If not, they're ripping you apart. Now, the only kind of criticism at this point that I'm watching with it, not as I mentioned before about the immersion thing, is that I feel that they should have showed how visceral a clicker is. You kind of get, you know, Joel tells them about it, you know, hey, we're about to get into this thing. They're clickers. They'll rip you apart. We get that kind of vibe. But I wanted to see it, dude. I wanted to see it because the, the game itself is very gory. We get to experience the the visceralness of clickers because we die in the game and we always go back to checkpoint. It's like this thing is like ripping at Joel's nose, mouth, and all that kind of stuff. So, and and anyone who plays the Naughty Dog games will tell you they hear the characters' main scream all the time. So that's the only thing my criticism of that as an audience member. I'm like, we don't know how serious this thing are. They kind of stand out because they got this really goofy like quadricep mushroom head thing. They look like a like coral from the sea running around and they're like they move just like the video game so shout out to them so that whole entire thing goes down and it, and it for me like i mentioned this is where i don't i don't check out it's just when i just check my phone here for a second i'm not really it's not it's not the horror that i was at the very beginning of that kind of conjuring type vibe when the hospice woman was turning into and infected and it's not that kind of visceral feeling of feeling dread when one of the runners is running at you it's kind of different i think what it was honestly maybe and as i'm discovering this as i'm talking to you on this podcast is that maybe i overhyped it for myself i mean i just feel that it, it they look great they move great they sound great they look like the video game uh, joel has an ar it's, it's scary they're shooting the revolver and all that kind of stuff and I think just maybe I feel I don't feel the tension in the scene because I played through the scene and I know that these two characters are going to be fine. And of course, this is where Tess gets bitten. Moving on. One of my favorite things is seeing that golden dome from the Capitol. Oh, my goodness. The dome for the Capitol was legit. It's one of the things as someone who plays multiplayer a uh, lot, the factions is the Capitol is one of their maps and seeing that golden thing kind of reminds me of the loading screen. Uh, I did not mention in the museum scene, uh, Ellie gets bit and Joel's like, oh, if the first bite, maybe that didn't take, maybe the second bite. And again, Joel's not the smartest guy, not the brightest light bulb in the room, but he gets the job done. Um, so Joel's worried now. He's like, oh my God, you're going to turn and I'm going to get rid of you. 
uh, because he had to do that many a times as Ellie did ask him, have you killed a lot of these infected? He's like, yeah, I've killed a lot of them. And this is planting the seed for a future scene about Ellie exploring this whole thing about taking life. And does it still feel like taking a life if you're taking someone who's infected, who's technically alive but not alive kind of thing? Once again, all together now, I digress. So this capital scene kind of gets Joel off his pessimi uh, pessimistic route here. And the way he gets off it is, of course, this test scene, which is not really monumental when it comes to Sarah. We don't really talk about Tess's scene as much, but this is what gets Joel into believing. And uh, is great, is really, really solid performance here um, from uh, Antov here, Anatov. She really nailed it. Uh, there was just something about her being such a strong character and kind of leading Joel a little bit. Having She kind of felt like she was the head of the table when it comes to Joel, and Joel was just a soldier. I feel like Joel, his entire time, has been a husk of himself. He's no longer is in the driver's seat of his name in his own life. So he's always willing to listen to somebody else, and he was listening to Tess. And you kind of, uh, in the earlier in the show, Ellie was asking Joel, like, hey, What's it like between? He's like, pass. I don't want to talk about it. It's my best Joel impression, but I'm working on it. We'll get it by the end of the podcast. So, yeah, Joel's finally, um, you know, once again feeling dread. And Pedro Pascal, this is where he finally gets to do something here. Um, he emotes so well. And the pain behind his eyes of watching another person that he formed a connection with gone he just this dude who just wanted to go home just wanted to find another way he just didn't want to deal with this he didn't want to lose Tess and it was you could see that the kind of pool that he was having like I just want to go home let's go home this is not worth it as I don't want to he never says he wants a loser but you know that is the sub subtext of his dialogue that he's having here with the scene and of course uh inside the capital we find out that the fireflies that they were waiting for are all dead so this entire thing that marlene set up of extracting ellie all that obviously someone snitched or something happened because all of them are dead but the difference between this and the game the big one is is that it is fedra in the game that gets rid of the fireflies it was something that it is fedra was more of a presence it kind of was a looming presence to trying to catch Joel, Tess, and Ellie. But this time in the show, it is the infection that caused the fireflies to turn on each other. One got infected and all of a sudden they just took each other out. And that is a wrap for the fireflies waiting for the destruction point. So Joel, Tess, Ellie, dead end here. Nothing to do. Just revealed that Tess has been bitten on the neck. Exact same spot in the video game as well. And it's really good. It's really solid. I think that I, once again, I, I don't I never felt a strong connection to Tess. I know she's a fan favorite. I felt a strong connection to this actress's portrayal of Tess, and I thought it was really done well. I just felt that I wish we had more time with them. It literally was Tess wake up with Joel and Ellie, and then she's dead before midday type of thing. Like I wish we had more time with her. I wish we got a little bit more backstory on her. I mean, this is the opportunity to get more of a backstory with Tess. We literally got one bonus scene and the rest was we've seen in the game. So I feel like Tess could have done a little bit more. And she tells Joel, Ellie, go get out of here. And, it, and once again, in the game, this is where Fedra is like, hey, put your hands up. And it's, she has a like a, goes out in a blaze of glory here in, in the gun battle with Fedra. But here in the in the show, they elect to decide to show how the cordyceps affect humans, and I think they did. This is it was weird. 
I gotta say, again, spoilers, you've probably made it this far, but it's literally the cordyceps reach out and go inside the mouth of Tess. And I'm just like, it seems to me that was shock value for shock value's sake. It felt like to me it was people sitting around the table, perhaps like, what can we do to make this more visceral, more scarier? And I already think that sometimes the simplest way is fine. I just, like, this is an opportunity for them to rip Tess apart. I mean, maybe it's done in Walking Dead a lot. Maybe it's done in literally Game of Thrones with hold door, hold the door, right? It's been done before. And Tess had her hold the door moment here. I don't know, man. It, I, I This is where I'm interested to hear what you thought about that scene. Because I felt like it was extra. It felt like the Hideo Kojima type thing. And, you know, you were just like, okay, okay, okay. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. And then Joel and Ellie move on. And now we're on the track of Joel and Ellie. And they're talked about taking Ellie to Bills and Frank. And Bills Town, you are in for a treat if you don't know. Bills Town is a, one of the awesome maps for the multiplayer factions. I'm going to plug the factions multiplayer as much as possible, by the way. That, that is going to be plugged everywhere. But I'm very, very excited about that because rumors have it is episode three is supposed to be a banger because it's about Bill and Frank and this is when we see Nick Offerman out there. And I'm so excited to see what he can do in his performance. Um, I, I'm just really excited because also as well is that the show has the ability to jump into other people's POVs for the longest time when it came to The Last of Us, everybody, when it was came to the sequel, were asking, what is The Last of Us POV? We want to know what other stories are happening about. I mean, Joel and Ellie are just one piece of the pie. We're literally talking about a global wipeout by this pandemic infection of the cordyceps, and we're only getting one small story, an intimate story of Joel and Ellie. And there were so many times where The Last of Us, even for The Last of Us Part 3, they were like, we want to know what is beyond Joel and Ellie. What other people are going out there? I mean, you could say Days Gone is kind of like a cousin to what this Last of Us story is, but... This is what I like about the show, the HBO medium, the television show medium, is that we're allowed to jump into the POVs of other characters. And Bill is a character. Um, he is really very, very eccentric. And this guy um, from like kind of like a surface level, surface level way of he is a prepper and he is very, very paranoid. But I'm very interested to see what his life was with frank which is his partner so we'll see what that goes down um thank you all so much for the tremendous support for this podcast and once again this is the last of us you and me podcast an unofficial hbo companion podcast for the show the last of us uh, my name is sancho west please tweet at me at sancho west tweet at me i want to kind of put a thing i'll post out there and then you just reply down or just at me and let me know your thoughts for the episode thank you so much the next episode will premiere on monday and they'll be reacting to episode three which i don't know the title for once again solid show we are in the season of the last of us enjoy it while you can and as always endure and survive Hey, subscribe if you like the podcast. I'll see you all around. Peace.